Praise God. The first thing that you need to get in your heart today, this morning, is that God is for you. We sang that, this in one of the songs this morning. If, God, if my God is for me, that who can be against me? And that is God's heart for you this morning. There's nothing that God loves to do more than to keep his promises, to answer prayer, to perform miracles, and to fulfill dreams. That is who he is, and that is what he does. The bigger the circle we learn to draw, the better, because God gets more glory. And I believe for those of us here who've never prayed specific prayers before, God's going to teach you during this 40 days how to draw prayer circles and how to pray specific and believe God for answers. But I pray that two years, three years down the line, you're drawing bigger circles than you're doing right now. Because as our faith grows to believe God for greater things, his glory also becomes greater, the greater the miracles that he's able to perform through our prayers. Amen. So drawing prayer circles starts with, number one, discerning what God wants and what he wills. This is the beginning. We don't, can't draw a circle before, first of all, discerning what is it that God wants and what is it that he wills. Until his sovereign will becomes our sanctified wish, your prayer life will be unplugged from its power supply. I'm going to say that again. Until his sovereign will becomes your sanctified wish, your prayer life will be unplugged from its power supply. So getting what we want is not the goal, believe it or not. The goal is glorifying God by drawing circles around the promises and the miracles and the dreams that God has for you. So God has a purpose and a destiny for each one of us here. And what we need to do is to get in his presence and sense what God is speaking over our lives. And when we get that conviction, when we get that scripture that we, you know, sometimes when a scripture drops in your heart and you feel God put it in the Bible just for you. And then we grab hold of that and we start staking our claim to that promise and start circling it and believing for it in our lives. So this is where it starts, discerning what God wants and what he wills for us. God has determined that a certain expression of his power will only be exercised in response to prayer. There is so much that God wants to do for us in our lives, through our lives. He wants to change history through our lives like he did with Honey the Circle Maker. But he's looking for someone to partner with. And he's chosen that some things will only happen through prayer. The Bible says we, do, we have not because we ask not. So it's time for us in this season to start asking. The greatest tragedy in life are the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. I just sense God's heart this morning. He's so eager. Come on, somebody, somebody with faith. What do you want to believe for? I'm ready to partner with you. And that's God's heart for you this morning. The good news is that when we pray, we can live with holy anticipation because we, ne we never know how or when God is going to answer. But one thing we know is that he will answer because that is what God does. But God's answers are not limited to what we ask for because we ask many times out of ignorance. We don't see the whole picture, but we get, catch a glimpse of it and we start praying. God answers prayer out of his place of omniscience. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he's able to know what is best for us, 
even when we ask for prayer. So like Honey, our prayers have the potential to change the course of history. Oh dear me, my little boy hurt himself. Sorry guys. If we will step up and partner with God, together we can make history. This reminds me of a story that I heard when I was a little kid. It was about an elephant and a little mouse who were good friends. And one morning, the elephant was walking with the mouse between his uh, ears up on his head, and they were going for a walk together and chatting. And they crossed over this bridge, and when they crossed, because of the big heavy elephant, the whole bridge was shaking. So when they got over on the other side, the mouse was jumping up and, up and down excitedly and said, wow, did you see how we shook that bridge? <laughs> And that's the image, that's the picture I get of prayer because God is so big and we're so small. But he wants to partner with us and he wants to shake those um, walls and he wants to bring them down. But we need to just step up and partner with him. Hallelujah. Let's look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. This is a good example of circling. And it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Next slide. Have seven priests carried trumpets, okay, trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Wow. When I think of Joshua, the new leader of the Israelites, that he had an army of about 600,000 Israelites, a big group of people. And he's a new leader who's taken over from Moses, the powerful man of faith. And yet when Moses came to the promised land and sent in the spies into that land, when they came back from their 40 days of spying out the land, they came back and said, we can't do this. I know God is big, but you should see these giants and you should see this challenge. There's no way. And they backed away from the promise that God had given them. 400 years ago, God had spoken to Abraham and said, you and your descendants are going to inherit this promised land right where your feet are standing. And this promise was 400 years old, but God does not forget the promises that he makes. And when he said to the Israelites to go and take Jericho under Moses' time, God was ready to do it, but the Israelites didn't have the faith. To circle. So they ended up walking around in the desert for 40, day, 40 years. And finally, Joshua became the new leader, and he now took the people into the promised land, and they were faced with the same giant, the same challenge that Moses and the people failed to overcome. And here God gives them the battle strategy. You're not going to fight. I'm going to fight. Just march around those walls. And I can imagine the first day that they walked around those walls, I'm sure some of them were thinking, oh man, this new leader we have, I don't know if he has any idea what he's doing. 
and maybe they felt a bit foolish. And you can do that as well. If you have a big prayer request and you start circling, you can feel a bit stupid. But I believe that the first day and the second day and the third day, I believe a holy anticipation started rising in their hearts and a faith in their hearts that God is going to do something. God is going to do something. And I imagine the people of Jericho standing and looking over the walls and seeing these Israelites walking around quietly, circling the city one day every day and beginning to wonder and worry and get concerned what is happening now guys this wasn't a normal little wall apparently they could ride chariots on top of that wall so it was a very thick wall no wonder the Israelites felt intimidated but they stepped out in faith and on the seventh day they marched around seven times and you know the story as we've read It happened just as God commanded them. After the seventh time that they circled around there, they blew the trumpets and the people gave out a great shout and the walls came tumbling down. What an amazing, amazing miracle and what a sign to the people of God that God is able to answer prayer. So like Inej was saying earlier, you may have been circling something and not seeing God's breakthrough. If God can answer a 400-year-old prayer request, and there's many other people who've stood in prayer for years about some things, maybe it's time for us to dust that prayer request off and start circling it again and believing God for it. Hallelujah. So prayer st- drawing prayer circles starts with identifying our Jericho. What is your Jericho? What is the promise that you're circling in your life? no darling (laughs) we need to identify our Jericho you've got to identify the promises that God wants you to stake claim to the miracles God wants you to believe for sorry this is my little miracle but Ethan you need to you need to go to bed now So you've got to identify the promises that God wants you to stake claim to, the miracles that God wants you to believe for, and the dreams that he wants you to pursue. And then you need to keep circling them until God gives you what he wants and what he wills. That's the goal. God wants to give it to you. May God help us. Hallelujah. Yesterday, I was in a meeting and I was believing God for a breakthrough. It's a prayer request that we've been circling for a long time. And I was believing for a breakthrough. And I walked out of that meeting and my heart was very heavy because the breakthrough I wanted didn't happen then. And I thought, oh God, and I have to preach about this tomorrow? Oh, this is not good. But then one of our prayer, one of our family here came to me with a big bright smile on his face. And he said, guess what? The prayer request that I've been circling in my life, God has just answered it. And I know that prayer request has been a big thing in his heart, and God's come through for him, and he just was shining all over his face. And I just was reminded again, yep, there's some things that take more circling than others, and I just need to keep going around and keep circling until those walls come tumbling down. Hallelujah. So I just want to share a testimony with you. 
uh, from my parents' life because it has spoke, it's taught me so much about prayer. One morning, my dad got out of bed and went to unlock the front door, and as he came out into the garden, he realized that there was no car. So he went around the other side of the house thinking, maybe I absentmindedly parked the car the wrong place, but there was no car. And he had that sinking feeling in his heart as he realized that thieves had climbed over the wall in the night, broken the padlocks on the gate, rolled the car out, and it disappeared without a trace. Now, my parents are missionaries, and that car was raised with money from people overseas who wanted to support the ministry that they do, and they travel in southern and central Africa doing ministry. So that car is for the work of God. Mom and dad had also been in, in a place in prayer where they'd been asking God that we want to grow in you. We want to come to a new place and see you do greater things for us, God. So when this thing happened, my parents took this as an opportunity for God to prove himself strong. So my dad and mom circulated, circulated the prayer requests far and wide, overseas, churches, friends, family, former students at Kaniki. Everybody was informed, our car is gone. Please pray with us for God to return it. And there was a big support. In the first month, everybody was praying intensely and standing with them. Second month, nothing. No clue. We haven't heard anything. We haven't seen anything. The police haven't found anything. Third month, a lot of people's prayers started waning. And a lot of people stopped praying. People even with good intentions told my parents, maybe it's time to move on. Trust God for a new car. But my parents, they became more persistent, more passionate. They not only um, prayed circled scriptures, they memorized the scriptures, and they prayed day in and day out for this car. By the time we came to the third and fourth month, I was getting embarrassed. I would visit them at home, and before I'd go, let's just pray. And sure enough, that green car, we had to pray for it again, and they started praying with passion. And it seemed like the longer the time went, the more passionately they prayed, though everyone else pretty much gave up. Well, five and a half months, well, five, about five months down the line, suddenly, in Congo, in Lubumbashi, a former student from Kaniki Bible University was walking down the street past the bank, and he saw Dad's car parked there. And long story short, he called the police, they checked the chassis number, the engine number, and sure enough, it was the correct car. But how many know that it's just as big a miracle to get a car out of Congo as it is to find it? <laughs> and now the prayers intensified. The car's been found, but how do we get it back? The guy who found the car, he both got bribed by the, the, the owner of the car, he got bribed by the police, he also got threatened on his life because he was involved in this thing, and my parents continued circling and continued praying. Five and a half months from the day that the car was stolen, Dad got a phone call from Indola Central Police Station. Mr. Peterson, please come and collect your vehicle. And <laughs> can we see? There we go. <laughs> Hallelujah. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. Number one, most of us don't get what we want simply because we don't know what we want. Okay? 
Some of us pray, but we don't really know what to pray for. And so we're never specific in our prayers. And we never really circle God's promises. And that's what we're learning about during this season. So we can become good at praying and seeing results. Let's look at Mark chapter 10, verse 46. In this scripture, it says that then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Some of you might think that's a funny thing for Jesus to ask. What is it you want? Does that mean Jesus didn't know? Didn't God see? Didn't Jesus see that this man was blind and he was desperate? But Jesus asked him because he wanted him to define what he wanted, okay? And he said, what is it you want? And Bartimaeus told him. So drawing circles begins with knowing what to circle. Answered prayer, there are three elements to answered prayer. The first of them is we need to be passionate. Did you see how Bartimaeus was praying or calling out in a loud voice? He was passionate. Number two, persistent. When people were telling him, shut up, keep quiet, he shouted all the more. He did not give up even though people told him to. And number three, he was precise. He told Jesus exactly what he wanted. Those three elements are very important for us, even as we look at how we're going to be praying. We need to be passionate. It needs to come from our hearts, not just from our heads. It needs to be, we need to be persistent. If we don't get the answer today or tomorrow or next week or next year, if God has given you that promise to stake claim to, don't give up. Keep circling it. Well-developed faith results in well-defined prayers. We need to have an encounter with Jesus and ask, answer the question that he's asking us today. What is it that you want me to do for you? And that question can, or the answer to that question can be very different in the different seasons in our lives because we're believing and trusting God for different things. But in the season that you're in right now, what is it that you want Jesus to do for you? Now, we've given you prayer journals, and we've encouraged you to keep journals. I hope you've brought journals with you today, both to take notes from, from here. But we want to spend some time soon to ask the Lord. If we don't yet have a clear clarity in our hearts about what we should be circling, today we're going to take some time and allow the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts and direct us in our thinking so that we begin to know with clarity what it is that we should circle. Like Inej shared this morning as well, 
She wasn't sure, but today she's decided to circle a certain thing in her life. Maybe you're sitting there as well, not sure yet. I pray that God will give you clarity as we take time in his presence. So let's start. We will start by writing in our journals whatever God gives, um, puts in our heart for us. It's time for us to define our dreams, to claim our promises, to spell out that miracle. And our Jericho is spelled in many ways. It could be healing. It could be provision, salvation for a loved one. It could be so many things. As you've seen the circles out in the foyer, we've divided them up in five different things. We've got provision and vocation and education and health and uh, relationships. And as the Lord puts prayer requests on you and you become specific in your heart about things, you can take, there, there will be throughout this season, prayer cards and the prayer box to put your, your, your prayer requests in and we will continue adding them to the circles. And we want to encourage you, church and family, when you come to church on a Sunday and before you leave, go and lay hands on one of those circles. Pray over those circles as you leave and let's just circle those circles with prayer throughout this time. There's a man by the name of Yonggi Cho. Some of you have heard of him. Many years ago when I was a teenager, I heard him share a testimony. Um, he was believing God for a bicycle. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And one day he got a bit fed up and he said to the Lord, God, how long do I have to pray before you give me this bicycle? And he felt the Lord answered him and said, I'm waiting for you to tell me what color you want it to be. And he himself, he also is a powerful man of prayer. He says that God does not answer vague prayers, okay? The thing is that if we just say, like some of you, I think we need all of us to grow, but some of you have written prayer requests saying, God, God to bless me. Question is, how will you know when God has answered that prayer? Because it's very vague. Maybe when you say, God bless me, God thinks, okay, I think I need to create some challenge in their life to draw them to myself so that they can walk closer with me. And in God's heart, that's a blessing in your life. And you just see it like trouble, but actually God's answered your prayer. So we need to be specific so that we can also, the more specific we are when God answers, the more glory he gets. Number two, the second problem we have is that most of us don't get what we want because we stop circling. Most of us don't get what we want because we stop circling. What would have happened if the Israelites, after the 12th circle around Jericho, they looked at the walls and they didn't see any cracks, they didn't see any change, and they said, let's just pack and go home. I don't know what God's up to, but it doesn't look like anything's happening here. They were not going to see God's miracle. What if my parents had stopped after five months of praying? I don't think their car would have been back today. And this is the problem that many times we stop circling, we get discouraged, and we lose focus. That's why it's so important to Note it down in your journal so we can return to it time and time again. And the scriptures that we're believing God for to encourage and strengthen our faith as we pray. We give up too easily and too soon. We need to learn the difference between praying for and praying through. 
praying for is like for your food. You can pray and bless your food. You don't really need to pray through for that one unless it's poison that you're drinking. But other times, it requires like honey that we refuse to move out of the circle until God moves. That we intercede until God intervenes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When Dale and I got married eight years ago, both of us really wanted to have a little baby. And from day one, we were praying and believing for this miracle of a little child. And the first year went by, and the second year went by, and no baby came. What made it a lot harder was that when you conceive and you miscarry, your hopes, your faith, your emotions, they go up and they go down, they go up and they go down. And it was a hard journey, but I remember times when I circled God's promises and prayed and we believed God. But it was a hard time, and sometimes I remember there was a season in my life when I used to go to town. It seemed like every second woman I saw in town had a big belly. And it just used to pierce my heart, and I just felt pity for myself. God, why are you answering everyone else and not me? They probably didn't even want that baby, and I want one. And I realized, okay, I'm not going to get anything with that attitude. So God helped me to turn it around so that every time I saw a pregnant woman, I began to pray for them and pray for that unborn child in their belly, pray for that destiny of that child, and pray for um, God's, God's protection over them as they deliver. And it became something that brought blessing in my life. Every, thing, every time I saw God's blessing over another woman who was pregnant, I praised God and I started thanking him for their answer to prayer. Six years down the line, God blessed us with our beautiful little Ethan, who um, was such an answer to prayer. But that took six years. And I, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> God is good, and He's faithful. May he give us grace to continue circling those things that we're believing him for. It's still such a mi big miracle in our hearts when, for Dale and I when we think of Ethan. Sometimes when we lie in bed at night, Dale tells me, I have a son. And it's just su such an amazing thought. You know, we're still amazed about it because of God's great power to answer our prayers. God wants to take us to higher heights and deeper depths in prayer that, that you've ever been before. And I don't know, if you don't know, sorry, if you don't know what you want to get out of this 40-day season, you probably won't get much out of it. So it's time for us to get serious with God, to get out our journals, and to ask God what people, what problem, or what promise do you want me to circle? It could be a dream that's gathered dust, or a problem beyond your ability to solve, or a promise that you need to believe God for once again. 
The other thing is that prayer is also a team sport. It's not just something we do on our own. And that's why we're doing prayer in the auditorium. We're doing the prayer circles in the foyer. We're doing prayer, a 21-day um, prayer challenge in our connect groups. And we're doing the prayer walk challenge Inez was sharing about on National Day of Prayer in our connect groups because we need to strengthen one another in our, in our, in our faith. Stand together and pray for one another in this time and this season that we are in. So prayer is not about outlining our agenda to God, but it's about getting into his presence, into his word, and discerning his agenda for you. So start by praying about what to pray about and listen to his still small voice.